This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The pack of hyenas can, can take down a lion, you know, so that's the, the type of mentality that we need is playing as a team and everyone chipping in and, you know, when we do that, we can, we can, do, we can accomplish great things. of hyenas can take down a lion. That's what Nazem Kadri saw Tuesday night in Boston from his Calgary Flames as they entered their post-All-Star break road trip with a bang, taking down the league-leading Boston Bruins 4-1 and giving Flames fans something to be excited about. After a dreadful homestand before the All-Star break, next up for the Calgary Flames, the pack of hyenas travel to New Jersey to take on Tyler Toffoli and the Devils on Thursday. Welcome into Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation, Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement. It's dlbasementsystems.com. Lots to like from the Calgary Flames. 4-1 victory against the Boston Bruins on Tuesday. Jonathan Huberto, three points. Nazem Kadri, three points. The hometown boy, Noah Hannafin, Scores. Oh, and Andre Kuzmenko looks like he could be a lot of fun to watch, at least in the offensive zone for the Calgary Flames, as he had a pretty nice debut. We'll dive into all things Flames coming up in just a few moments. Here from head coach Ryan Huska and others after a strong performance from the Flames to kick off a four-game road trip out east, like I mentioned earlier. Next up, a Thursday night showdown in New Jersey against former Flame Tyler Toffoli. And the New Jersey Devils. We'll also chat on the show today with David Amber, NHL host on Sportsnet. Wednesday night hockey in the NHL featuring the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Dallas Stars. Also got Tampa Bay, New York, as well as Minnesota and Chicago. So we'll get caught up around the league with our pal uh, David Amber. Also Wednesday's meeting to check in with Alex Forfar, host of the fan pregame show on Sportsnet. She was all over things in Toronto. Bumping shoulders with all the All-Stars, getting the good interviews. Checking with Ailish, see how All-Star Weekend was for her. And of course, Wednesdays mean Wild Card Wednesdays. We'll get weird a little later on with the producers this hour. Shan and Cam along with us. Uh, fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. We'd love to hear from you on this Wednesday edition of Sportsnet today. If you're listening live, shoot us a text. How you feeling after a 4-1 victory for the Calgary Flames over the Boston Bruins? And look, the questions coming in were all fair. What was this Flames team going to look like? This team didn't even look anything like the team that we saw barely scraping out a one nothing victory against the Chicago Blackhawks on a Saturday night before the All-Star break. They didn't look the same in, in different ways. One, 
the names on the jerseys were drastically different than that game. And two, the style of play was drastically different for the Calgary Flames. The quote that we played off the start from Nazem Kadri, the pack of hyenas can take down a lion. They were swarming like hyenas Tuesday night in Boston. And it looked like a refreshed group. It looked like a group that took the break and really came back with the right mentality. I don't know what it means big picture. I don't know that it changes anything for GM Craig Conroy and Dave Nonis and Don Maloney and the guys that that make the decisions for the Calgary Flames future between now and the trade deadline. But it was just nice to see a team put in a full effort against a really good opponent. Because the other side of this coin, and I think it's important to notice, and I'm not trying to lay anything, any blame whatsoever on the feet of Elias Lindholm, who was a great member of the Calgary Flames, who exceeded expectations and became this team's number one center. But a trade like that for a team like the Calgary Flames, who can look up and still see they're in a playoff race in the Western Conference for a wildcard spot, can do a lot of damage in the locker room. We know Jacob Markstrom is good friends with Elias Lindholm. We know there's the Swedish contingent. The guys aren't stupid. They read the news. They understand that they just lost a big part of their team. It would have been very easy for this team to hang their head and go, well, that's it. GM doesn't think we have the the skill to get it done in this room. We're going to tear down some pieces and it's going to be a drag of the last two and a half months to the finish line here in Calgary. That could have been what we saw Tuesday from the Calgary Flames. And I wouldn't have been surprised. Elias Lindholm was a massive piece. I know he wasn't having the same type of season that he's had before. But make no mistakes, there will be times for the rest of this season where they're going to miss Elias Lindholm. Last night wasn't one of those times, and it was great to see that I think this goes a long way to talking about the leadership and the mentality in that room that, yes, there are things that are outside of this team's control that are going to happen because at the end of the day, it's a business, and Craig Conroy has to play as big a picture as he possibly can in this scenario. And if guys aren't signed, if they're not going to be able to come to terms on a contract, then you've got to make the best of it. But that doesn't make it any easier for the guys going out there on a night-to-night basis and knowing that they've lost a number one center, that they've lost a guy that does a lot of heavy lifting defensively on the penalty kill, runs the power play for this team. So good on the Calgary Flames for not letting that trade turn into a negative, and instead turn it into a massive positive. I said this last night on Twitter. I have no idea if Andre Kuzmenko can continue what he started Tuesday night in Boston. I really don't know. I haven't watched enough of him with Vancouver to tell you that that's something we're going to see a lot of from him in a Flames jersey. Could have been a guy that was really highly motivated after a tough year in Vancouver. First night out from a break, you always want to make a good impression on your new team. We'll start to see in New Jersey and through the the Battle of New York what the Flames are getting. 
But wasn't it fun last night to watch 96 spin around in the offensive zone, show some flair, show some chemistry with Jonathan Huberto, take one of those passes and rip it home on the power play? They were two for three on the power play last night. Holy hell, when's the last time this team was two for three on the power play? There was just a, a confidence about them that I, I don't, again, I don't know how sustainable any of it is. But it was just a lot of fun last night, and it was good to see some of the new guys fitting in, and it can give you some faith that maybe this isn't going to be as tough a path as some maybe want it to be or some expect it to be. Again, I'm not saying at the end of the day that this team is destined for the playoffs. They're going to use this as a springboard. We we all saw... What, what this team brought in some pretty key moments before the All-Star break. But I'm not going to let that take away from what was a really fun night, Tuesday night, for a lot of different reasons for the Calgary Flames. Let's check in with the head coach who felt pretty good about his crew last night. Big win over the Boston Bruins. Maybe the most complete game the Calgary Flames have played this season. Season debuts for Pelche and Rooney. Team debuts for Pahal and Kuzmenko. Strong performance from Jacob Markstrom. How did the head coach feel about his team's victory in Boston? Here's Ryan Huska post game Tuesday night when the Flames four one after the Flames four one win against the Bruins. Coach, maybe just uh, a thought on the start. You come come back from the break. We obviously look for um, a night like this. So this was one of our better games this year um, I thought it was a really good team game where the guys came to play the right way they were simple I, I thought for the most part tonight and I thought we skated really well so it's nice nice to see but um, for me it was one of those nights where the four lines were going and it makes everybody's job much easier when you're spreading out some ice time so I thought Rooney's line did an excellent job for us and it's something we haven't seen for a, a little while yeah, the team effort, as I mentioned before, I thought it was a really good one for us tonight in a lot of different ways. Um, our goaltender again, you know, early in the game, he stopped that shorthanded breakaway um, that they had, and then we were able to come back and score right away. So to me, that's a, a, a turning point for sure. Um, and then our power play getting to it's been I don't know if we've had two yet this year at some point maybe early in the season we did but that's a, a real positive for us because even the one we didn't score at the end of the game it was dangerous it looked good and that's something that we want to keep seeing what did you like from the Kuzmenko Huberto sharing um, they, well they, they moved the puck around fairly well in the offensive zone and we talked this morning Eric about not really sure what we were going to get on the defensive side of things, but I thought Sharon did a really good job of making sure he was responsible and, um, you know, in, in the right position in our own zone. And then once they got Puck into the offensive zone, they made some good plays and they had some other chances that they could have generated as well. So it's a start and hopefully they can continue to build some chemistry. And defensively, I know you talked about yeah, they didn't spend a ton of time in their own zone. You know, that's uh, an important thing. Um, and when they were in there, as I mentioned, I thought they did a good job, the three of them. We also, sorry, we also spoke this morning about, you know, I asked if you were going to find out a lot more about this team's character tonight. You said absolutely. Yeah. What does this effort tell you about the character of this team? The, well, it, it, I, 
I, I think it reinforces what we knew that there there is a lot in that room. And again, I go back to starting with backs. It starts with our leaders and Chris and Coles and making sure that they played the game the right way. We had a tough stretch leading up to this game before the break, and we have good people in our room. So it's nice to see them get rewarded after a, a really good game for us. You lose Mosfisil, obviously, uh, yeah. earlier on, but you know, you're know you kind of spreading some of it. Did you feel like, as you mentioned, the fourth line or the Rooney line, you were able to use everybody throughout the course yeah. of the night and get, get contributions? For sure. Like I thought Pelche had a really good game for us. I thought Rooney had a very good game for us. Um, Walker Dewar played really well for us, and it just... As I mentioned, it'll, when you've got all four lines going, it allows you to spread the ice time out a little bit more and it keeps guys fresher, if I can say that. And when you are fresh on the ice, you don't make the mental mistakes or turn pucks over in certain areas. So I, I thought we were able to do that. And the same for Pahal on the back end. Um, there was edge that he brought to the game tonight. And for his first game with us too, I was very um, pleased with how he played as well. Okay, thank you guys. There you go. That's Flames head coach Ryan Huska speaking to the media following his team's 4-1 win over the Boston Bruins. And you heard the sort of back and forth there between head coach Ryan Huska and Eric Francis of Sportsnet. I really liked that word that they were using, character. And we were curious what the character of this team was going to be after a tough all-star break where they knew that that six-game homestand wasn't acceptable. And even though they picked up a victory on that last Saturday against Chicago. It, it didn't exactly inspire confidence in anybody. And then during the all-star break, when you trade Elias Lindholm to Vancouver, there's a lot of reason for this team to feel down and out coming off of a break. I could add into that. You start the road trip off in Boston. You're going great. Fantastic. <laughs> We're coming off of a break. We lost our number one center. We just had a terrible homestand. We barely got past Chicago. And who do we line up with the first Tuesday back from the break? Have fun. You're in Boston. Now, admittedly, I don't think the Bruins were going to be very happy with their performance Tuesday night. But I'm also not going to take anything away from a Flames team that I thought put the Bruins in a lot of bad situations and took advantage of a team that looked a little sleepy off of their break, their first game back from a break. So Calgary now 23-22-5. They'll continue this road trip going up uh, against the New Jersey Devils Thursday, another 5 o'clock start. We'll get to see Tyler Toffoli in New Jersey colors taking on the Flames for the first time. As far as the standings go today, in that wild card race in the West, Flames now three points back of the St. Louis Blues for the final wild card spot. Uh, St. Louis does hold a game in hand on Calgary. Seattle and Nashville remain in between Calgary and St. Louis for that final spot. So still some work to be done from a Flames perspective. Like I mentioned, this road trip continues Thursday in New Jersey. <clears throat> Did want to talk to you about um, the Pospisil <laughs> incident with, with Brad Marchand because I know there's going to be a lot of uh, Flames fans on both sides. And look, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I saw, obviously, a lot of Flames fans' opinions on it. They didn't like the the five-minute major side of things. Go to the Bruins' Twitter, and it was a dirty hit, and he should have been going to be suspended, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it probably winds up somewhere in the middle between both fan bases. I don't, I don't know that I saw it as a five in a game. Um... 
I was surprised that 63 of all players got the benefit of the doubt from the ref on that one. Um, he, he knows what he's doing. He's not slashing at Jacob Markstrom after Markstrom's covered up the puck to not create a, a riot. That's exactly what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody to smack him in the mouth. And that's what he got. Now, Pospisil probably doesn't need to go that high. You got to be careful anytime you got two hands on the stick. We're not looking to... No one's going to the game to watch anybody get a concussion or get hurt or anything. I'm not, not advocating for any of that. But Marshan knows what he's doing. He's been around enough, and he's been on the other side of that sort of play a million times in his NHL career. He's looking for somebody to come in and smack him and, and take a penalty. Go down a little easy? Yeah, I, I think he probably went down pretty easy. Certainly seemed to get up pretty easy after it was all said and done and chased down the refs to argue about whatever call he wanted to get, and he got it. Probably didn't love the fact that he got two in there as well, but that's how it goes. Um, tough for Martin Postle. I was, you know, despite being kicked out for the game, I was kind of excited. I like that about Martin Pospisil. I don't mind a little grease. I don't mind a little under the skin. He's got a little Billy Neiman in him. For all you longtime Flames fans, I don't mind that. Again, I'd prefer if you were around for 60 minutes, for sure. Absolutely. I'm not advocating he goes out and hurts anybody. But I, I like that edge. I would have loved to have seen more uh, from Pospisil coming back from injury with Kadri and Zeri. I thought they did pretty well managing without that, that forward line for the most part. Zeri had another great goal. He just oozes confidence in front of the net. I know uh, Greg Wasinski from ESPN, who's uh, a regular on the Jeff Merrick show on Wednesdays, just had his latest NHL awards prediction article up at ESPN. And I was stunned to see Connor Zary mentioned as just like a small footnote under the Calder Trophy conversation. The kid's not a footnote. I believe Wasinski had it as... And I'm not calling Greg. Greg can, Greg's a, a great hockey writer. He's welcome to his own opinions. I didn't agree with it. Brock Faber's having a great year for Minnesota. I'm not going to argue that. He's playing massive minutes for a team that's without their captain right now on the back end. So good on Brock Faber. But Zeri's having a better than a footnote mention when it comes to the Calder Trophy race. At least in my opinion. Especially with Connor Bedard being out and injured as he's been this season. To me, Connor Zary's been more than a footnote in that conversation and continued to prove it last night. Backland line really strong. You heard from Ryan there. The fourth line looked good for once. Thank God we don't have to talk about the fourth line and another underwhelming performance. That might have been the best Kevin Rooney I've seen in a Flames jersey. Remember, he got 17 games last year before the Flames were like, yeah, this just isn't working. We brought you over on a two-year deal at over a million bucks a season to be our fourth-line center, and they were like, yeah, no, this just hasn't been good enough. Like, if you don't, we're going to send you to the Wranglers, and 
uh, was a great soldier for the team. Don't get me wrong. Went in there and worked hard with the Wranglers, but that was as energized to Kevin Rooney as I've seen in a Flames uniform. Helps when you play with the little ball of energy that is Jacob Pelche, who just doesn't stop skating, does a lot of little things, pressures on the forecheck, but it was just nice to be like, okay, sweet, we don't have to talk about the fourth line playing four minutes and 53 seconds last night. Uh, I thought Braden Pahal looked pretty good. Took a, a penalty, which which I think was, I won't say it was an egregious penalty, but it happens. It was nice and physical. Six hits on the night. I thought filled in pretty nicely with Oliver Shillington there. And um, good results so far from a waiver pickup that had one practice with your team before being put in on that third pairing with Oliver Shillington. So, again, a lot to like from a Flames effort in Boston. Gonna have to gonna need more of it. You've got another good opponent in New Jersey that is trying to claw their way back into a wild card race. They desperately need points on Thursday. Like New Jersey has to start picking up wins. They are already five points back of Detroit for the final wild card spot in the East. And this is a team that had massive expectations heading into this season. So I would expect a very desperate New Jersey Devils team on the other side come Thursday night for the Calgary Flames. Do you want to check in with one more member of the team? Uh, good debut for Andre Kuzmenko. He snipes home a power play goal. Thought he looked dangerous. That line with Sharon Govich and, and Huberto looked really good in their first outing out against the Boston Bruins. Uh, here's Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, understand here too, Andre not... Uh, another is another flame that doesn't have English as his first language. Uh, so bear with him. He does his absolute best um, to express uh, what he's trying to say. Uh, but I thought it'd be good to check in with number 96 after a very successful Flames debut Tuesday night against the Boston Bruins. First goal is a flame. Yeah. How'd that one feel for you? Mm. Good feeling. Good feeling because we win. It's good. I like it because... I say before season, <laughs> I won't play to playoff. I try. <laughs> it's every game. It's a little step, step, step. Today is a so difficult game for me because I tired. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> well, I think maybe play is a 40 minutes, 50 minutes, but not 15. <laughs> yes, I. Today is a normal game. It's not too much good because it's a, we have a lot of chance it's uh, we need more goals is uh, my line it's good good line is very good connection is every shift is a talk I like it I like it is Shankovich uh, and Huberdo is a very great player very great players and the power play is good I hope I hope it's a good result why do you think the connection was so good especially between you and Huberdo today uh, I think we play the same game. It's not uh, simple the game. It's uh, I don't know what's in what's his English words. Uh, this words is uh, is every time change, every um, stop and the pass back is a lot of moments. I like it and Sharon uh, Govich is a so great center and so very good speed, very fast. And uh, very high IQ, okay IQ. I like it. We'll see how we play in the future. 
But as a first game, it's, it's good. It's better. Did you feel comfortable on the power play that you guys were moving it around nice? Yes, yeah. yes, nice. It's a great power play as a player today. The free assist is so great. And uh, I like it. Andre Kuzmenko, post game, scores in his Flames debut. Just over 15 minutes of ice time. Obviously scored the goal. Two shots on net. Uh, funny to hear him at the beginning there. Could have scored some more goals. More more opportunities. We can do that. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like like what we saw from Huberto. Like what we saw from Sharon Govich. And I think Flames fans liked what they saw from, uh, from number 96, who I think... Uh, is going to be energized. You can tell he's a, he's a fun guy. He likes having fun. He's been a cool personality ad in that Flames locker room and um, is going to be exciting to watch. Again, very curious to see if he can continue what I thought was a very solid Flames debut for Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, when we come back, we're going to chat with David Amber, some NHL topics uh, around the league, including the Edmonton Oilers winning streak being stuffed by the Vegas Golden Knights. Ailish Forfar is going to join us in hour two. She's the host of the fan pregame show. And you don't want to miss another edition of Wild Card Wednesday. We've got a busy show to get to this afternoon. But first, I want to let you know the iconic Coors Light Chill Train is heading to Las Vegas for the big game. And it just made a stop in Calgary, leaving behind a trail of epic prizes. On February 6th and 7th from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., look for its frozen tracks at Stephen Avenue's Walk for a chance to win instant prizes that deliver big game day chill or the ultimate grand prize, a trip to next year's big game event. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 plus for the grand prize. Full contest details at CoorsLight.ca slash the chill train. Checking in with David Amber as we go around the NHL next here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. NHL schedule back underway following the all-star break in Toronto. Another three games on the scoreboard tonight. Wednesday night hockey on Sportsnet has the Dallas Stars in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. That's a 5 o'clock start here in Calgary. Steam with the Lightning and the Rangers. Wild and Blackhawks, 7.30 start on Sportsnet 360 as we're back for the last uh, quarter plus of the season. Trade deadline still to come. Lots of news around the hockey world right now to get excited about. And uh, love chatting hockey with our next guest. One of the hosts of NHL on Sportsnet, it's our pal David Amber joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. DA, appreciate the time, man. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, saw you all about uh, all around about in Toronto for All Star Weekend. How was it, pal? Um, it was good. It was busy. Um, but to be honest with you, last year w- was not good um, by you know by all measures. Players weren't into it. The fans seemed pretty disengaged. Um, the ratings weren't good. And, you know, credit to the National Hockey League. They revamped the skills. Uh, they found something that made the players engaged and competitive. Um, you know, got rid of all the gimmicky crap that I don't think many people were enjoying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it went off pretty well. They, they did a good job. Um, you know, I really I, I think hats off to them. It, it, listen, it's the All-Star game in, in a game where there's tons of emotion and physicality and you kind of get rid of all of that, it makes it hard to have something meaningful. But I think under, you know, considering that, they did as good a job as they could possibly do. And, and it went off without a hitch. And McDavid showcased what he's all about. And, 
you know, all-star game MVP, Austin Matthews took center stage as well. The celebrities were integrated well. So I think it was a pretty good weekend altogether. I was going to say the star power was sure out with it, whether it was the NHL captains or just, you know, different big fans of hockey. Did, did David Amber have a, a starstruck moment? Did you happen to go out and be like, hey, man, I got to get a photo with Will Arnett or Bieber. Did you have a moment like that on all-star weekend? Well, I didn't take any pictures. Um, actually, it's pretty funny. I was standing on the bench. Uh, I was on the bench where Will Arnett, uh, Will Arnett was as well as Bieber for the first couple of games. And I interviewed Justin Bieber during, uh, during the first semifinal, I guess, Austin Matthews team semifinal. And my daughter uh, is a huge Bieber fan. <laughs> so I actually, I like FaceTimed her. And I was like, I am the beaver, you know, <laughs> it was one of those, that was cool for her. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't have any kind of crazy, crazy moments. I, I don't like getting too much in their space and, you know, I kind of respect, you know, I respect that aspect of it, but yeah. it is cool. I mean, listen, it was a lot of fun. I, I didn't know. And I know she's the local, the local girl, Tate McCray. I didn't know much about her. You know, I'm an old guy and I'm not her oh. demo. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I got introduced to her music a little bit and got a chance to interview her as well. And it was all, all around. It was a really good, uh, fun weekend. And, and Buble stole the show. I mean, he was hilarious and crazy and just like a real legitimate good guy and a real legitimate fan. So it was good to have that kind of energy around you. It, it just made for a really fun 72 hours. Yeah, I thought it was a nice add to All-Star Weekend to have some some celebrities that you could tell were invested in it and were having fun themselves. And I'm a big Will Arnett guy. And you're, you're aging yourself, D.A. Tate McRae is not too far out of your demo. You can get into some Tate McRae. You know what? I, she put on a great performance, and people were really into it. And you know what's good? At, at her previous All-Star Games and Winter Classic, sometimes they, they kind of shoot for the stars, and they're trying to get these big-name people but they, that have nothing to do. They couldn't name one NHL player. You know, I kind of like the fact that Will Arnett, huge Leafs fan. Bieber, obviously, like best buddies with Austin Matthews. Buble, the biggest Canucks fan you could ever find. Tate McRae, huge Flames fan. These guys are invested in the product, in the league, and in the game. They, they are emotionally there. When Tate McRae was doing her performance on Saturday, she was into it. She wanted to put on a show. I mean, when she showed up that morning to do her walkthrough, you know, she was really preparing for a big performance. She cared. Yeah, And I think it, it, that translated. So to be honest with you, it's really, I, I think that's important. That should be the blueprint moving forward. Like don't just try and find a, a random group to be involved in it because you're cutting them a check. And because, you know, that's what they do is perform. I think you want to find people who are really into hockey and it worked really well. Tamer crazy. You know, I like, uh, I don't know what the name of the song is, but the second <laughs> song she did in her performance, I thought oh, that was pretty good. So, you know, I was, I was enjoying it. And um, yeah, I think everyone kind of soaked it in and it was a good, it was a good all-star weekend by all accounts. I like the word you use there. It translated well. I think that's, that's really a good way of, of putting it. You could tell that even, even if you weren't there in Toronto, where I know that's where you really get the feel for all-star weekend. And that's, where, you know, I think that's even the same with like the winter classics and the outdoor games now, DA, but you could kind of feel some of that energy through the TV. And I think you're right. We haven't had that for a while now in the NHL All-Star game. And it is an All-Star game and it's never going to be perfect, but this was, was as good of one as I think we've been able to talk about in a while. Yeah. I, and I think that's the, that's the barometer you use. Like we don't have to try and make it more than it is. 
you know, you see this in the same thing with the NBA and football. And like the all-star games are sort of a showcase for the fans. There was a lot of little kids there, many of them getting, you know, Jersey sign and sticks. And it, it's like, let's get that next generation, you know, jacked up about being within arm's length of Connor McDavid and all these other superstars. And that's essentially what happened. So it was perfect. Uh, and this is the perfect way to transition to talk about uh, some big things happening in the NHL. Uh, we just talked about how great All-Star Weekend was, and we won't have one next year, DA, because uh, we're going to the Four Nations face-off as uh, Gary Bettman and the NHLPA and the IHF made a big announcement uh, that we're getting back on a regular calendar for international hockey. How excited were you to to hear that the NHL and the PA and everybody had come together so that we're going to get back to having World Cups and Olympics on a pretty regular basis over the next little while? I'm really excited. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been too long, right? 2016, the World Cup was the last time we saw best on best. And, you know, to think that Connor McDavid is, you know, going into what is ninth or 10th year, whatever it is. And, you know, we just haven't been able to see him and Sidney Crosby, you know, 87 and, and 97 side by side. And, and, and Austin Matthews versus McDavid and all these other storylines. And there's many of them. Finally, we're going to get that opportunity, and the players are dying to do it. It's been just a long time, and for a lot of these players, it's their first opportunity. You know, Nathan McKinnon said, man, the last time I played with Sid was 2015 for Canada at the Worlds, and we won gold, so hopefully we can do it again. Like, they're, they're jacked about it, and for some of these players, they're in their prime or they're coming out of their prime, um, and I just think it's, it's a great opportunity. Is it perfect? Kind of like the All-Star Weekend. It's not perfect. Because, you know, with the geopolitical issues that are around us, you're not getting a true World Cup. You know, like there's a lot of good players who are excluded. You're not going to see Leon Dreisaitl. We're not going to see David Pasternak. We're not going to see the Russian players. I get that. Um, but I think all things considered, if it was, well, here's our best option, it's a pretty good option. I, I think, you know, when people say, well, well, you're missing a lot of good players, that's true. But if you look at just All-Star Weekend, 35 of the 44 players play for those four nations, Sweden, Canada, Finland, U.S. So 80% of the all-stars this year uh, conceivably could be represented in this tournament. That's a pretty good turnout. And again, you know, the dream scenario, at least I'm sure from the Canadian standpoint, would be a Canada-U.S., you know, no holds barred, one game final for, for the four nations face-off supremacy. So We'll see how it all shakes down, but I'm very excited for it, and I think there's just a lot of great storylines. And, and you got to go back to it. I think this was important as we were talking about this last week, and then I'd love your feel on it. We've done these global series the last couple of years, and you know the NHL sent out a handful of teams or a couple of teams to different places and in attempts to grow the game and to continue, you know, whether in Sweden or Finland or some of these different places. And I, I love it. I think it's a great idea, but I just don't think you can replicate – what it does for the game of hockey when you get to the Olympics and you get to see the best on best on the biggest sporting stage like the Olympics. And I, I think the NHL's really, I know it's not their prerogative because they're, to make, they're there to make money for the owners, but if you want to talk about growing the game and continuing to diversify your athletes, I just feel like the Olympics is just the best way for them to go about doing it. Yeah, I think the league's aware of that. I think it's a very fair point. I had a chance to sit down in a fireside chat setting, you know, in front of sponsors and, and sort of um, partners with the league, uh, sit down with Commissioner Batman as well as Marty Walsh, the executive director of the Players Association. And they both acknowledged that, you know, the next growth, sorry, my dog's... That's all good. 
Hey, hey, hey. Uh, they both acknowledge, we're on live radio here, be quiet. Um, they, both, they both acknowledge that, you know, the next growth area is like, let's keep making this game as global as possible. Think about how far it's come from 20 years ago. And if you want to sort of stare into the future and say, okay, well, in 2044, um, you know, what will the NHL look like from a global perspective? Having international events, the fact they're going to be in Italy and uh, in 2026 and be able to sort of showcase to Italy, you know, the greatness of the sport, the greatness of the players is going to be really important for the league. And as it continues to try and get more penetration on the other side of the Atlantic and in other maybe non-traditional hockey places. So it's good. Yeah, it's super exciting. I know a lot of people out here in Calgary were excited for it and uh, it's just going to be fun. We've it, even during this break. I know we've done it. I'm sure you guys have done it too at different points. It's it's always fun. We always love doing the the international rosters and what it's going to be like for best on best. And to finally get yeah. to a point where we might actually see that on the ice is super exciting. We we did it on our Monday show, and it was a point of contention. You know, Anson <laughs> Carter, Colby Armstrong, Luke Gostick, and I all picked our teams. And I obviously think my team was far superior to of their course, team. Yeah. But- um, you know, it, it, it was, there were obviously a lot of similarities, you know, the main six, seven, eight guys were on every team, but then it was like, who had Matthew Barzell on the team, who had Bo Horvat on the team, you know, who had Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the team, et cetera. Um, and where did you have them all lined up? So it made for a really good exercise. There are certainly a lot of options and maybe with Canada, the biggest question mark is clearly what's the goaltending situation like we got maybe a glimpse of it last night in Edmonton versus Vegas, Aiden Hill who looks very good and is a cup winner versus uh, Stuart Skinner, who's been, you know, completely resurrected his season come, you know, from the ashes to have this incredible run for the Oilers. Uh, you know, those could be the two main goalies that Canada calls on against what's going to be some really, you know, star-studded goaltending when it comes to the U.S. or Finland, et cetera. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I love the dynamic of it. The players are into it. Uh, it gives us something really to sink our teeth into a year from now. And, uh, you know, there's not much more you can say about it, just that it's a, it's a great thing to have happening for the hockey community, I think. Chat with David Amber on this Wednesday. Studio host, Hockey Night in Canada and NHL on Sportsnet. Uh, and and you, you dove right into it. What an awesome game last night. The winning streak comes to an end for the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights just kind of keep proving uh, they're a hard out, even without some of their key players, man. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm sure you feel the same way, David. I'd love to see six or seven uh, games between those two come the springtime. Well, it's the old, I'll give you another Calgary old adage, right, from the, <laughs> from the hitman. Uh, to be the man, you got to beat the man or yeah. something like that. I think that's right? good, well, yeah. Yeah, so that's the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, we sort of, we're kind of sleeping on Vegas. They're sort of just waiting in the wings. Vancouver's been this great storyline all year. You know, a lot of people obviously think about Nathan McKinnon in Colorado and what they're all about. We've been talking about the Oilers for the last seven weeks. They've had this perfect streak and just quietly sitting there without Jack Eichel and without Shea Theodore, just getting their business taken care of by the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think last night was a statement game of sorts for them where they were like, hey, boys, we're still the ones, with, we're still the defending champs until you can knock us off. And they've eliminated Edmonton the last few years from the playoffs. So, we are staring down what could very well be round three, Vegas versus Edmonton, a revamped Edmonton team, a team that doesn't want to you know, have a hat trick of playoff eliminations at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. And that being the case, I really do think um, you know, it, it bodes to become a, a really interesting situation 
uh, as we move forward. So it's really, I, I, you know, I just really think it's setting up to be a, a really classic showdown between these two juggernauts come playoff time. It's crazy still to think, David, about how good Vegas has been since entering the league. And even now, you mentioned they're kind of waiting in the weeds as everybody else is in the news right now. They're sitting there without Shea Theodore, without Jack Eichel. Aiden Hill's been great. They've got this new goalie tandem with him and Logan Thompson. And they just continue to find ways to to be successful and to be in the conversation. And there's NHL teams that would die for this kind of longevity of success that Vegas has shown since coming into the league. Yeah, you know what? They're the blueprint. And, and you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, it's pretty easy. They're able to pluck all these great players from all the teams, and they got all these prospects and all these draft picks. And George McPhee basically held teams ransom. So you want to hold on to this player, you got to give me three first-rounders, and you got to do this and do that. And, you know, he worked the system as well as someone can work the system and set up Vegas for instant success, which is what they've had. Um, but, you know, you got to give them full credit. And they've been able to find the right chemistry of players. And let's not forget, when Vegas came into the league, it was on the heels of that horrible, you know, uh, mass shooting tragedy, the worst mass shooting in U.S. history yeah. at, at the um, Mandalay Bay uh, Hotel there. And um, there was a lot of emotion, and it was just such a, it was such a crazy time uh, for that community. And the fact that the hockey team came in and sort of were able to galvanize the community a little bit and be sort of something to distract them under the worst circumstances. And I'm not trying to make more of it than it is, but I'm just saying they came in under this dark, dark, dark cloud and right away it sort of just clicked and things were nice and they had great success on the ice and they've been an incredible business success as well. Um, And here we are, it's Super Bowl week in Vegas. Like, you know, the NHL often, is considered, well, they're a league that follows. They're a league that looks at the blueprint of other leagues and copies it. They do deserve credit in the fact that they were the first into Vegas. And now we've seen subsequently an NFL teams come to Vegas. We see a baseball team is going to come to Vegas. And I know the WNBA team was there a little bit before, before the hockey team. But my point is of the big four sort of sports that we look at in North America. Um, you know, they were the first ones in there. They blazed the trail and, and it's just been bigger and better for that city and that community. And it's a destination. You know, you talk to players and they want to go there. And whether it's for lifestyle reasons, tax reasons, um, and it's also for, you know, success reasons. When players go, well, I want to win a Stanley Cup, that's one of the teams they, they look at, at least right now in this first iteration of, of what we've seen in the last six, seven years from Vegas. So it's been very cool to see. Uh, and just before we let you go, last night, uh, brought a lot of fun topics up, but a good reminder of how fun it is uh, watching some teams in Canada having success. I know Edmonton lost last night, and no one here in Calgary feels bad about that, but they were on a great run. Talking about Winnipeg and Vancouver, who just made big ads to their teams over the All-Star break. Vancouver's at the top of the league standings. Winnipeg's kind of come out of nowhere for a lot of people after a weird offseason. We know Toronto's always in that mix. It's a good time watching Canadian teams. I know you got the Leafs and the Stars tonight, DA. It's uh, a lot going on around the Canadian teams right now. Uh, there is. You know what? I've had this conversation, you know, just friendly conversations with people in the hockey community, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I've been, I'm sort of the number one cheerleader for the Canadian teams at Sportsnet just because I personally feel it's just been 31 years. It's been a long time. Uh, I've been out to all the different markets. I was there in the Battle of Alberta two years ago. You see the appetite there is for these teams. You see the fan base and how insatiable 
uh, the fandom is and how I think I speak for a lot of people. And I, I listen, I was born and raised in Toronto, but I've lived in Calgary. I worked there. I've lived in Montreal. I went to school there. Um, I'm just ready to see a Canadian team and that fan base celebrate. I don't care which of the seven Canadian teams, quite frankly, does it. So this year, you know, in having these conversations with people, there's there's some viable, viable opportunities, whether you look at Vancouver, Edmonton, certainly Winnipeg. And, you know, in Toronto, they have some work to do, but I imagine the product they're going to put out there on the ice uh, after March 8th will be different after trade deadline than it is today. So, uh, you know, there's definitely some teams with Stanley Cup aspirations and the fact that you have other teams that, you know, listen, am I going to consider Calgary a Stanley Cup contender right now? Probably not. Mm. Um, but they certainly are going to be a tough bout. Um, they're not going to go away quietly. And we saw them at their best last night. That was the best I've seen the Flames play this year. And Jonathan Huberto, you know, maybe this Kuzmenko thing will spark him and he's found some chemistry there or whatever. Um, he played as, as good a game as I've seen him play with the Calgary Flames. So there's definite reasons to be excited and interested in all the different Canadian markets. And, and I am hopeful. I'm very hopeful that, um, you know, come June, whether Stanley Cup comes to Canada or not, I really like to think there'll be a Canadian team at least, at least in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, you on the desk tonight for Wednesday Night Hockey, DA? Nope, that's Carolyn Cameron's spot. I'm uh, Monday, Rogers Monday Night Hockey. In fact, we have the Flames next Monday, Flames and Rangers. Uh, I believe the Flames will be wrapping up their, their road trip or somewhere in the vicinity. What are they, on a four-game road trip? I think that might yep. be their final game on the road. So we have the Flames and Rangers next Monday. You'll see me there and um nope tonight it'll be carolyn uh, manning the ship with uh i'm not sure who's on the desk with her but it'll be the leafs and stars at five o'clock mountain time uh looking forward to it. enjoy the night off da thanks for hopping on with us as always pal appreciate it logan anytime thanks and uh yeah keep rolling we'll talk to you soon sounds good thanks david david amber joining us down the atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline studio host hockey night in canada NHL on Sportsnet, uh, one of the greats in the industry, hosting All-Star Weekend for Sportsnet. You saw him uh, all and about uh, in Toronto, different events, uh, one of the good guys uh, on the team. Love chatting with DA. Uh, again, joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline, a little bit of everything around the NHL. And as he mentioned, uh, Leafs and Stars on Wednesday night hockey uh, across the Sportsnet television network. It'll be Ilya Samsonov getting the start for Toronto. Uh, Dallas fighting with uh, a couple of teams in the West for uh, division supremacy with the Winnipeg Jets and the Colorado Avalanche. So a big game for them. Uh, three games on the schedule. Tampa in New York for another 5 o'clock start. And Sportsnet 360 at 7.30 has you set with the Minnesota Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks. Take a break. Come back on the other side. Kick off Hour 2 with our Wednesday regular, Ailish Forfar. She was also... Uh, at All-Star Weekend for Sportsnet. So we'll check in on how her weekend was, get her thoughts on the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and some other NHL topics, plus Wild Card Wednesday before it's all done. Keep it locked right here. Hour 2 starts next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.